Apostle Mrs. Leanne Kofi, the founder and general overseer of the Lord's Garden Ministries, a ministry which is focused on bringing back the glory of God into the lives of people who have been battered by the world. She's a healing apostle and ministers powerfully to break people free from demonic oppressions. We believe you'll be blessed as you listen to today's word. Now, today's word. Please be seated in the presence of the Lord. Amen. You're welcome to Liberty Center of the Lord's Garden Ministries. And this is the first Sunday in the year 2020. And our joy in seeing each other's face. Amen. It is great. Amen. Thankful to God that you made it into 2020. And I believe that this year, as the Spirit of God has put within our spirits to declare, it's a year of liberty. Amen. The Bible says, for the Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There is freedom. Amen. And I, I continue to hear in my spirit, freedom to prosper. Freedom to do well. Amen. So this is that particular year. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. I, I, I believe that 2020 is going to be a year of Great acceleration. It's going to go fast. Amen. And so you must also be very fast. You must be quick. Amen. Whatever plans, whatever purposes are in your heart, be fast about it. Amen. This morning I am beginning um, a series of messages concerning the kingdom. Amen. Because when we talk about freedom to prosper, um, prosperity, that is well-being, is to what extent, to what extent would God prosper us? His word says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and its righteousness, then all these things shall be added unto you. Primarily on the heart of God is the building up of the kingdom of God. God's heart is for people. People are prime, you know, in the list of things where God is concerned. And the Bible says God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, it wasn't about the structures in the world. It wasn't about the material things. It was about human lives, yours and mine. And for this reason, God gave his best and his only begotten son. What for? So that he might beget you and I also as his children. Amen. Amen. Because the Bible says that all we as sheep had gone astray, each man to his own way. But God put upon Christ the iniquity of us all so that we can be washed, cleansed, and be grafted in as his children. So you are the reason why God sent his son to die. Your life is very important. And not only your life, but the lives of the millions of people in this world, both saved and unsaved. God's heart is for people. Amen. And the church, which is the body of Christ, is the instrument in God's hand to touch people, to touch other people. Amen. Amen. And so the church holds a very important place in the kingdom building process. Amen. God needs you in as much as you need God. Amen. Amen. Never think God doesn't need you. God needs you. In as much as you also need God. Amen. So for this morning, I'm 
ministering a message titled Teamwork. And I, I believe that you probably came to church this morning to receive a word for your personal self. I believe you've received a lot through the convention, through the fasting and prayer. But everything you have received is for one purpose, for the building up of the kingdom. Amen. Praise the Lord. God bless you for clapping. Amen. First Corinthians chapter 12, the verse 12 to 31, I read, For as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit we are all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, we have all been made to drink into one spirit. Listen carefully. For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot shall say, because I am not the hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? Or if the ear shall say, because I am not the eye, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the whole body were one eye, where would be the hearing? And if the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? But now has God set members, every one of them, in the body, as it has pleased him. And if they were all one member, where would be the body? But now there are many members, yet but one body. And the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Nay, much more, those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor, and our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. For our comely parts have no need, but God has tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to that part which lacked, that there should be no schism in the body. The word schism means division in the body. But that the members should have the same care one for the other. And whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it. Or if one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now you are all the body of Christ and members in particular. And God has set some in the church. First apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers. After that, miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, governments, diversity of tongues. Are all apostles? No. Are all prophets? No. Are all teachers? Are all workers of miracles? Have all the gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? He said, but covet earnestly the best gift, and yet show I unto you a more excellent way. Next week, I'll be talking about the more excellent way. Amen. Amen. This is the Apostle Paul's admonition to the church concerning the differing members of the body of Christ and their different functions. And also about the need for everybody to be placed in its position and everybody to acknowledge its worth and for us to acknowledge each other's worth in the body of Christ. Amen. So he says that we are different members, but yet we are one body. And the best description I can give to you is your own body. 
you have a body, but it's made up of your head, your neck, your stomach, your you know, legs and hands, and you know, all the components of your body. And every one of the different components of your body is very important. And the eye is important. But the eye cannot say that I don't need the ear. Amen? If somebody, perchance, becomes deaf, then the person will see that the ear was important. And he said, if the whole body was one eye, can you imagine one eye floating around without you know, a head to be embedded in? It would be strange, and there will not be proper function. So every part of your body is needful. And he goes on to say that even the uncomely parts, the parts that are hidden, the parts that we think are not so important, are very important. If maybe you have a little pimple somewhere, the sun don't shine. You understand my drift? You get my drift? Yeah. Then you know how painful it is. And you realize that mm, every place is equally important. Every part of your body is important. In the same way, we are all important in the body of Christ. Look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, I, I put prime importance upon your life. Amen. Now, the Apostle Paul also in the book of Ephesians chapter 4, verse 14 to 16 says, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine, by the slate of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love, we may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, making, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. So he's saying that the whole body all the members are joined together and everything in the body supplies something needful for the body to be effective. Amen. Effective. Every part of your body supplies something for the body to be effective and to bring increase. And so every one of us brings our part onto the body, making the body more effective. Amen. So your gift is not less than my gift. My gift is not more than your gift. Amen. This morning before we came to church, somebody had to clean this place. Amen. Somebody led prayers. The choir came up to, to, to minister and lead us into the presence of God. So everyone is functioning, bringing increase to the body. Amen. And making it very effective. The body of Christ has different members with different function. And everyone supplies his or her own, you know, ability to promote growth in the body. And the head of the body is Jesus Christ himself. The body must grow. The body of Christ needs to grow. And like a human body, if the body is not strong, it cannot grow. You can only grow in your human body when you are strong, when you have a child and the child is poorly or not well, the child doesn't grow well. But when the child is strong, you realize the child grows well. Amen. So when the body is strong, when the body functions well, it grows well. Amen. And the body becomes strong in the spirit. 
Amen. In, in, in the bond of love, in the bond of unity. Amen. That is the area where the body starts to grow. In the bond of love and unity. Jesus once said that a kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. Psalm 133 declares that, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. See, it is like the oil, the ointment that came upon the head that ran down the beard, even Aaron's beard, and went down his garments. It is as the dew of Hermon and as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion. And for there the Lord commanded the blessing, even life forevermore. He says that when brethren dwell together, it is like the dew that falls upon Mount Hermon, amen, which is high up in the, in the skies. And so that's by the fact that the whole land beneath the mountain is an arid region, so it's dry. But upon Hermon, there is foliage, it's lush. Because the mountain is up in the sky, there's constant dew upon it. Amen. amen. And he says that, that is how God commands his blessing, where there is unity. Amen. He likens it to the oil, the anointing upon the head of the high priest. Amen. That runs down to the edge of his garment. So the anointing um, of the spirit comes to the place where there is unity. Amen. If we will prosper, if we have the freedom to prosper, it is by the spirit of God. And to only come to the place where there is unity the unity of the body. Amen. We can never have um, a, a body that is not united and expect the presence of God to be present. Because God is not the author of confusion and God doesn't dwell in the place where there's strife and confusion. The Holy Spirit runs, lives wherever there's strife and confusion. And so if as a church, God has said to us, this is the year of our liberty, we have received the word. For the word to be manifest in our lives, we must do what we ought to do in order that the word will come to pass. Every promise of God is conditional. Mind you, I remember one time there was a lady who got a prophecy that she was going to be a very big time. I know I've told you before, big tile, test, textiles, no, whatever, and everything. And so she, she became very you know, proud about it. And when she would go to the place where she would order the textiles make a design. She was throwing her weight about, shouting over everybody, being rude to everybody. And I said to her, Sister, calm down. You need to be, live peaceable with these people. Your, your, I said to her, your hand is in their mouth. As we say, she wouldn't listen. Over time, they put her goods at the bottom end. So it is after they have done and, you no. Know, and printed everybody's goods that they'll bring hers up. And most time it wasn't perfectly done. They sabotaged it. She never ever came to the realization of the prophetic word. Because every word of prophecy is conditional. And so often you read in the prophetic books that God will say, if thou wilt, if my people will, if you will. So don't think that because you have a prophetic word, it comes automatically. The conditions must be right. You must be set right in order for it to come to pass. Amen. Amen. And so we need to come to a place of unity in the body for us to see the full manifestation of the promises of God. In fact, even in your home, 
if you see the blessing of God, there should be unity. Amen. He describes unity as the anointing oil upon the head of Aaron. And the anointing flows from the head to the bottom. The anointing refreshes. It brings growth and it brings increase. The oil brings protection from Beelzebub. Amen. Amen. So God's blessings are found in the place of unity. And life springs from the place of unity. And God blesses those who work in unity. So teamwork is so necessary for growth. If we see growth in our lives, growth in our families, growth in our homes, growth in the church, there must be that unity. Amen. Great teamwork makes more things happen than when a person stands alone. Teamwork just means you share common goals, common ideals, you have a common vision, and you work towards it. And you see, as a church, we, we are different, coming from different backgrounds. But our differences should not separate us. Amen? Yes. Hallelujah. Because despite our differences, we are standing shoulder to shoulder, fighting against a common enemy. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. And we, we, so we must be confident in each other's faith and each other's competence. There should be no you know, downgrading of anybody's ability or gift. We are all a work in pro progress. Every one of us is a work in progress. Amen. I am a work in progress. Nobody's perfect in this house. If you are perfect, lift up your hand. Let's clap for you. <laughs> Nobody's perfect. Amen. We are all a work in progress. Amen. But it's just that we have been brought together by the Spirit of God into one family. Amen. We must believe in one another, respect one another, and work together in unity. And it's so important because the eye needs to respect the nose. The nose also needs to respect the eye. And you know, the tongue and the teeth, they often clash. As when we have some nice juicy piece of meat. And you are busy doing justice to it. Before you know it, the teeth got the tongue. But the tongue will not say, I'm jumping out of this mouth because teeth bit me. And teeth will not say, I'm also going to have the dentist extract me because I can't get along with the tongue. They stay together. And next time, the jaw is more careful in its movement so there will not be any more biting. Amen. Teamwork calls for us to believe in one another, respect one another in anything and in everything that we do. It calls for total respect so that we can work together. And then we will have success, good success. Listen, in the book of Genesis chapter 11, the Bible gives an account of a time when um, the people of God who had been told by God that be fruitful and multiply and replenish and fill the earth, Bible at that time, the earth was of one language and one speech. They spoke one language and one speech. And so it came to pass as they were journeying towards the east, they found a plain, you know, a big field in the land of Sinai. And they said, ah, let us make brick and mortar and let us build a tower whose height reaches to the heaven. And let us make a name for ourselves. 
wrong motive, lest we be scattered upon the face of the earth. But God has said, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue the earth. But they said, no, we will rather build a tower to the heavens and we will make a name for ourselves. You see, in the church, nobody's here to make a name for him or herself. No, 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 no. We are here to make the name of Christ glorious, to glorify the name of Jesus. But these people had a wrong motive, wrong agenda. And the Bible says, so they started. And then the Lord came down one day and saw what they were doing. And he said, behold, these people are one. They have one language. And this thing that they have begun to do, no one, nothing can stop them. Nothing can restrain them. Nothing can stop what they have imagined to do. You see what the power of unity does. God himself said that we cannot stop them. So long as they are united, so long as they are speaking one language, so long as they have one purpose, so long as they have one goal, nothing can stop them. The devil cannot stop them. I cannot stop them, he said. Listen, the devil cannot stop you in your family if you are united. Say, the devil made me. No, 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 it's not the devil. It's we ourselves. Amen. When we walk in divided ideas, but a kingdom united will stand. So God said, nothing can stop them. So he said, this is the solution. Let's go down and confuse their tongue. That they will not understand each other's language. So the solution for dividing them, for bringing them to a place where they could not speak, they could not continue their project, was to divide them, change their language. So they got on one morning to go to work and somebody was speaking Hausa, somebody was speaking tree, somebody was speaking Latin, somebody was speaking Greek, somebody was speaking Italian, somebody was speaking, and they couldn't understand each other. God divided their tongues. And Bible says, so the Lord scattered them abroad from thence upon the face of all the earth, and they left off to build the city. They stopped building the city. They couldn't continue because they didn't understand each other. Where there's misunderstanding, your building will stop. Your growth will stop. Your increase will stop. Whether it's in the family, it's in the marriage, or it's in church. There must be understanding. There must be oneness of purpose. Oneness of heart. Oneness of language. In order for you to see growth and progress. Bible says, and God scattered them just by changing their language. As a church, we must speak one language. Amen. In order to see growth. Amen. We, we, we must work together. Amen. In agreement. In order to see growth. Amen. We must work together you know, in partnership. Like people running a race. We hand over the baton. And somebody picks it and goes. Like that. We, we, it's, it's a teamwork. I, I saw a, a funny video of a little was a girl or boy. The boy, eh? They were running a race and they handed him the baton and he went the opposite direction. <laughs> we prayed to him, you know. He was supposed to go this way. He got the baton, turned this way as I'm running. Of course, they'll be last. But you see, we are doing a work together to produce positive effects. Amen. And there are certain basic things that we must get on the ground. That's number one, we must care for one another. You see, we are different. You may not like the look of my nose, but hey, I am your sister. Amen. I am your sister. You may not necessarily like how I walk, 
But hey, God gave me to you. We are in one body. So you don't necessarily have to like everyone. But you must try to love everyone with the love of God. Seeing everyone through the eyes of God. We are all not the same. We cannot be the same. Because we cannot all be the eye or the ear. But we must care for one another. The scripture I read said that we ought to care for one another. Celebrate each other's success. Mourn with those who mourn. And rejoice with those who rejoice. Amen. It is then that we see growth. We, we must be able to, you know, communicate well in respect. Amen. Nobody is bigger than anyone. Amen. When we enter these doors, we are on a common playing field. We are all children of God. Amen. That is it. There's no class system in the church. Some are not elite and others, I don't know what word to use, whether common or bush, whatever, which one? Yeah. No. Those are man-made ideas and they are wrong. Because what makes somebody elite? What is it? What is it? Tell me what it is. Is it money? Or is it family, breeding, or whatever? But if we go down three generations up your family line, they were not elite. So tell somebody, calm down. Brafem cra. Brafem, calm down. Amen. So we, we are all children of God. Amen. And God sees us. If I, Bible says God himself. He says that he's no respecter of persons. And if God is no respecter of persons and he considers us all the same, who are we to look down on one another or look up? to one another, you know, of course we must have respect for authority and respect for age and all that the Bible talks about, but it should not be a way of putting each other down. Amen. Praise the Lord. Our rights must take second place because sometimes we feel that we are entitled to this. This is my right. This is my right. What are your rights? In the house of the Lord, we don't have any rights, but we are to submit unto the word of God. And in all that we do, say, let God and God alone be glorified. Amen. Amen. Our rights must take second place. I have a right to this. I have the right to that. Please, that is not in the church. Amen. We, we, we must work together as a team. One day, certain disciples went to Jesus and asked him, who is the greatest in the kingdom? And you see, this is one of the challenging questions and things that happen in church. Everybody wants to be the greatest. Jesus' response was servanthood. He said, the one that will be greatest amongst you is the one who serves. Must be your servant. So you want greatness? Serve. Amen. Greatness in the kingdom is about those who serve. Not those who are saved. It's about service. Amen. They, they were asking so that they would you know, draw a hierarchy. Jesus says, no, no, no. The, the servant amongst you, he is the greatest. In the church, in the body of Christ, there must be no strife. No dissension. No disagreements. Amen. Because whenever you get into strife and disagreements with one another, it just tells 
Me, it tells God, it tells everybody that you are carnal. You are fleshly. You are not spiritual. Okay? 1 Corinthians 3, 3 says, For you are yet carnal. For whereas there is among you envying and strife and division, are you not carnal and walk as men? You are carnal. But you see, we have not been called to carnality, but we've been called to be spiritual. Amen. Carnal people fight. Envy one another. Walk in division. In cliques. I'm this, you are that. You are that, I'm not that. No, that is carnality. Human thinking. But we must walk as spiritual people. Amen. And it's my prayer that 2020 will see a different kind of people in the body of Christ, especially in this house. Amen. Praise the Lord. Your amen is coming by this kind of way. Uh-huh. Give the Lord a clap offering. You see, and the solution, the solution for that is true discipleship. Amen. We, we, we have been called to labor together with God. We are God's workers, God's husbandmen. We are God's building. We have been called to work with God. Amen. And if you are working with God, how can you be the author of strife and confusion and dissension? Because whenever there's strife or dissension or confusion in the body and, you know, there's division, what we are doing is that we are bringing down the kingdom of God. We are bringing down the kingdom of God. Amen. Listen to this word. He says, the son of man goes, as it is written of him, but woe to that man by whom the son of man is betrayed. It would have been better for him, that that man, for that man, if he had not been born. So, he says that woe to the person or the people by whom wrong is done. Jesus was meant to die, but woe to the person who would be used for it. So in the body of Christ, don't be the instrument in the hands of the enemy. Be an instrument in the hands of God. In what you do and what you don't do. Because there are certain things that we do that play into the hands of the devil. That play the ministry, the, the work into the hands of the devil. There are certain things that we do not do when we are apathetic and want to do nothing in the church and just warm pews. What is your contribution to the church? What is your contribution to the building process? Some are laboring night and day. But, and often I've realized that when others are laboring, it is those who don't labor who complain about those who are laboring. Oftentimes. Because they don't have anything to do. They are less busy. So have you seen the choir? Have you seen that girl in the choir? Which one? Is that that one who doesn't sing well at all? Or sing him rough? For my career, or sing him. At least. Or to him. She's trying. Give her, cut her some slack. Amen. We must be supportive. Because see, none of us, especially those of us who are in ministry, we didn't begin like this. So. No, 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 no. We started from the place of not knowing what we were doing. Try and error. Try and error. And gradually. And I'm sure that those who might have known us in that time would say, oh, I still don't sing well. I make a joyful noise. Whenever I pick the mic to start singing, they, they start laughing at me, these people. <laughs> they laugh at me. Because I'll go on the wrong key and the organist has a problem trying to figure me out. 
Bishop Meboa. Amen. I ask it because we are in the same category. Amen. We are working together, laboring together with the Lord. And so we must be instruments of righteousness in the hands of God. Amen. We, we, we must be God's disciples following. A disciple is one who follows the teachings of a master and seeks to be like the master. Amen. We must seek to be like Christ. And that's what he's doing. Gradually, we are being transformed. We are being changed. Amen. And we must push to, towards that direction rather than push or be pulled by, by, by the influence of the enemy. Amen. The solution is discipleship. Amen. Another thing that brings down the kingdom of God is disloyalty. Amen. Bishop Doug Howard Mills has written a book on loyalty and disloyalty. I think I asked the pastors, everybody, to buy a copy sometime. Did you read it? Thank you. You see, because there's so much disloyalty in the church, and it doesn't help the growth of the church. If you look at the people, I don't want to mention their name here on this holy pulpit, on this great Sunday morning, who go about strapping things. I won't mention what they strap on their bodies, but you know what I mean. Um, they strap things on their bodies and find a place where there are a lot of people, and then they boom, and people die. Do you think that these people are disloyal people? Hey, their level of loyalty, their level of commitment is, is great. Why would you kill yourself? But they do because they believe in what they believe in. God hasn't called us to kill ourselves. Jesus has died for all of us. That's enough. But God demands our loyalty to the things of God. God demands our commitment. He is committed to us. We must be committed to him. And so when we're talking about commitment, it's not about something or things that you do at you know, in, in your comfort, or that, that is okay, so you do it. It means that you are doing things, you know, out of, you know, discomfort. Sometimes you, you, you need to do things that will maybe even cost you. Amen. Because you are committed to a thing, you are committed to a vision. And commitment is not easy. But if we believe that Jesus is the son of God who died for us, and we believe that he's our Lord and he's our savior, and we believe in his command that we should go out and make disciples of all men, then we must be committed in every way to the things of the kingdom. Amen. There should be no room for disloyalty. Amen. Because wherever there's disloyalty, what happens is that there's division, there's you know, dissension. It's like tearing things apart. You know, God is not looking for disloyal people. Looking for people who are loyal to him. One of the pain of Jesus in his final moments was the disloyalty of his disciples. Everybody scattered. Even Peter who said, oh, as for me, I won't go, I'll even die with you, I'll do this. Vain promises. In the last minute, he denied him. He denied Jesus. But Jesus was very forgiving, reinstated him. But you see, we should be loyal to the work. Amen. You cannot point a left hand, that's what the account says, to your father's house, or is it your mother's house? Your mother's house. No, no. Father's house. 
Mama, it's mother's house. <laughs> okay, father or mother's house. <laughs> it's a house. You see, because you see, you cannot in the same place that you are saved, you are fed spiritually, the place that you run to in time of trouble, the place of refuge for you, you cannot stand and be disloyal to it. Break it down. I mean, what does it mean? So in your time of trouble, where will you go? You, you understand what I'm saying? We are one body. Amen. Saved by one savior. Saved by one blood. Amen. We have one spirit who dwells in all of us. And because of that, we are one. Let's be loyal to the vision of the church. Let's be loyal to the vision of the ministry. Let's be loyal to the vision of Christ. Let's be loyal. Amen. You can't have one foot in the world and one foot in the kingdom. No. Amen. We, we need to come to a place of total obedience and surrender unto the Lord. Amen. Not be the ones who tear down the kingdom. We are building the kingdom. We are not tearing the kingdom down. We must celebrate one another daily. Amen. Even the ordinary ones you say. Somebody can't do much, but celebrate that person. Amen. Let's walk in love and agreement. And success will come. I said freedom to prosper. The year 2020, the year of our liberty, freedom to prosper. Prosperity will come to all of us, not to some, but to all of us. Amen. As we work together with a common goal. Jesus found it important to form a team. And he sent them out two by two. Because he recognized that there's strength in unity. He first called the 12 and sent them forth two by two. And gave them power. Bible says were unclean spirits. And after that, he also sent the 70. Also sent them out two by two. The power of unity. Amen. He sent them out two by two. He didn't send them out alone. And so we need to work in unity with one another. The Bible says, the preacher says in the book of Exodus that two are better than one. Because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift the other up. But woe to him who is alone when he falls. Because you have no one to lift him up. Amen. Again, if two lie together. In this scripture, when we were in secondary school, it was a, a, a scripture that we used to laugh about. It said, if two lie together, they'll they be warm. They'll have heat. But how can one be warm alone? How many of you were laughing about this in secondary school? Oh, you are trying to say that it's only my school. Hey, I have a truthful person. But you also went to the same school. So the other schools, you didn't say that. Eh? Okay, all right. But we used to laugh about this. Amen. Said so if one person, a person is walking alone and you meet this giant bully and he tries to beat you, if you're alone, he'll, he'll, he'll overcome you. But if you are walking in with somebody in company, you, you have support and you, 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 you have help. Amen. And I think I, either I read somewhere or I heard somewhere about um, some, some time, I think, during World War II, where um, some people were, I think, some Jews, I think, were put on a train and they were taking them somewhere. Yeah. And it was so cold. There was no heat. And they were getting weak from the cold. But I think an old man came to a young man and held him. And they held each other. And at the end of the journey, everyone in the 
cabin was dead, except the two of them. Because they were together, they, their bodies warmed each other. That is the power of unity and agreement. Amen. So truly, if two lie together, they'll be warm. We need unity in this house. We must be united. We must be in agreement. Amen. And, and God says that, if it, says that if any two of you shall agree, Jesus says that, as touching anything that you desire on earth, it shall be done for you. Our agreement must be tight in order for us to see the manifestation of the promise of God that this year is a year of liberty. This year is a year where we have the freedom to prosper. Everything about this house must be important to all of us. Nobody can, if you take yourself out there, you're not part of the vision. We must be part of it. We, we, we need to push this plow. Amen. Bible says anybody who puts his hand to the plow and takes it back, it's not fit. Amen. We've been pushing this thing for 25 years. This is our 25th anniversary. Amen. And, and, and for me, I, 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 am, I am wired up and geared up to push more as the Lord gives me strength. Amen. Yes, because if you have seen the, the, the calendar that we, 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 we launched on, um, on, the, on the 31st, you saw the, the page on the beginning. You saw the bush. Did you see the bush? How many saw the bush academy? Yes. And you saw me there in my in Tuma and my duku. Did you see me there? Do you see me? Do you, do you look at my feet? Do you see the dust on my feet? I was not an illiterate. I had graduated from the University of Ghana, Legon. Okay? But because of the call of God upon my life, I, I had to subject myself under his, you know, power and under his hand. And I'll climb that mountain every day. When I was pregnant with my son, Junior, Isaac, Isaac, rise up and give them a wave. Isaac, rise up. I want, I'm saying something, so you rise up. Everybody look at my son. He's a fine boy. Fine boy. Do you know why God has made him so? Because I would trudge up that mountain every day, my stomach like this. And sometimes, these gentlemen, Pastor A.B., Pastor Moose, they'll be holding my hand so that I don't slip when I'm coming down. Sometimes it's rained and I'm wet. So God looked at the sacrifice and said, oh, I'll make this baby fine. Your sacrifice will bet something for you. It wasn't easy. Many people didn't understand me. But I thank God my husband understood me. My parents understood me. And that was enough. You understand? It, commitment and, you know, sacrifice and loyalty to vision is not easy. God will call you, show you the, the end of the matter. Brilliant and beautiful. And then he'll take you to the beginning and say, now begin to walk towards it. That is how he does. And sometimes you are walking along and you wonder, where at all is this thing going? Where am I going with this thing? What is this? There are many times I would cry and cry and cry, especially on my birthday. I stopped crying on my 40th birthday. And I, I started ministry, I think, around 27, 20. Yeah, 25, 26, 27. And I would cry every birthday. Ask my mother. Just around, the, around, like around this week, my dirges and mornings will begin. Why was I crying? And she would say, why are you crying? Sunshine, God has healed you of cancer. God has given you children. Why are you crying? If you cry, that means you will be ungrateful. I said, Mama, it's not I'm ungrateful to God, but when I look at my life, despite this work I'm doing, I don't know where I'm going. And I would cry and cry and cry. And my friend, Mr. Usu, William, 
he was the comforter. I'll, when I start crying, I'll call him. Initially, I'll call him. I'll say, Willie. Then he'll say, oh, Anna, don't worry. And he'll talk to me and talk to me. Ah, look at how this person was saved. Look at how this person was delivered. I forgot how this person was healed. Ah, you are doing well. Stop crying. And I'll stop. So I got to some time. He himself, when he was getting around the bed, he would call, Nana, are you okay? <laughs> but when I turned 40, it stopped. I stopped crying. Because by then, now I'd seen the promise. Now I'd seen that, yeah, this thing is taking shape. And calculate from 27 to 40. It may be long coming, but surely as the Lord lives, whatever God has ordained for your life, whatever God has promised you, in the fullness of time, if you do not give up, if you persist, amen, in obedience and in sacrifice and in loyalty and in commitment to his vision, it will come to pass. Amen. amen. This morning, I, I'm speaking to you as the body of Christ and as a church, the Lord's Garden Ministries Liberty, Liberty Center, that it is time for us to rise up in the spirit of agreement in the spirit of oneness, in the spirit of loyalty and commitment. If you don't have any um, physical function, maybe you are not in any department or anything, find one. You see, there are different works. Some are in the ministry of helps. In this house, we have people in the ushering, choir, finance. We have people in protocol. We have people in security. We have kingdom financiers. We have different people. We have media. Join. And even if you can't join anything and you are sitting in the pew, be the one whose voice takes out the word of God to others outside because we are all called to be evangelists. Amen. This is a year of commitment. This is a year of commitment to vision and to purpose. We are in covenant with Jesus, amen, by his blood. And he says, as for him, his covenant with us, he will not break. Neither will he alter the thing that has gone out from his mouth. God is not a covenant breaker. Unfortunately, we are the ones who break our covenant with him. But it is my prayer that this year it will not be so. Amen. amen. As we seek to prosper this year, let us also seek the prosperity of the place from which we will prosper. Hello. Amen. Let's put away ill feeling, bad feeling, quarrels, and somebody stepped on my toe and didn't apologize. Somebody did this and that, that, and I feel this person this. Somebody doesn't like me. Even in your own family, how many people like you? You know, sometimes, <laughs> you know, even in your own family, many people don't like you in your family, but you are there. It's the same thing in the house of God. Not everybody might like you, but we are family. Yeah. Amen. Let us, you know, agree to disagree. Let us walk in unity. Quiet. You walk in unity. Because there's no way, no how you can stand up here and sing and expect the glory and the presence of God to fall when there's strife among you. You'll be making noise. That's all it is. Many, many choirs just make noise. They sing. But you've not been called to sing. You've been called to minister. Amen. Minister unto God and draw the people of God to minister unto God. Amen. So let there be unity. Put away. Let us all put away. He said there should be no schism in the body. There should be no division. Amen. Because a kingdom divided against itself will not prosper. Make up your mind this morning. Decide today 
that I'm going to walk in unity with everyone in this house. I'm good. And you see, and the, 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 the bad thing is when somebody says hello and you go, hey, what's going on? Somebody says hello and you just, you know, like snub the person. Why? Let love, let love, brotherly love continue. Amen. You, you, you never know who you, you need tomorrow. Maybe one day you are walking down the stairs, God forbid, and you are slipping about to fall. And it's that same person who you've been given the bad eye, who will be just behind you to catch you. You will never know. This is a house of love. I love deeply. If my love is too much, sometimes I think I have to kind of hold it back a bit. Because the love is too, you know, overflowing and too much. You know, that is how I am by nature. Since I was a baby. Amen. Since I was one, two. My mother will tell you, whenever I go out to play, I come back with friends. A whole bunch of them. And I'll say, feed them. Give them my clothes. Otherwise, trouble. My grandma had a bad hand. And when I say she should feed my friends, give them my clothes, and she says no, I hold her hand and begin to twist it. And I wasn't even five, maybe three or four. Twist it, and she'll scream and scream and scream and scream, and then do it. My mother said, why don't you beat it? I said, oh, oh, not so But I think that's how God made me. And you see, the anointing flows from the head. There's no way I can love and you can love. Because the oil flows from the head. It doesn't flow from the bottom. Amen. And I believe that daily in every message, I'm teaching you to love one another. To humble yourself before God. To accommodate one another. To live peaceably with one another. To be helpful to one another. You just don't come to church, pick your bag and go. Or pick your briefcase if you bought one and go. Or your wallet and go. Look around you. There are people who need help. Be a helping hand to somebody. Smile at somebody. Even your smile can mean so much to somebody because somebody is going through pain. Somebody is going through stress. But this is a clinic. I always say the pastors, the pastors mean that the church is one big clinic. We all come sick. Everybody here has one issue or the other. But when we come here, we come to the balm of Gilead, who is Jesus. We come to be healed. We don't come here for our sickness to be worse. We don't come here to be bruised. He said that he rather took our place, took our bruising, so we can be healed. So nobody should come to the church and feel worse off. This is the place of solace. This is the place of comfort. This is the, a refuge that people run to. And we are the people, and when people run here, we need to receive them and, 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 and embrace them and strengthen them and comfort them. So that truly the heart of God will be glad and God will be pleased with us. Remember this. This is a big clinic. Okay? So somebody may come with a limp. Hold their hand. Somebody may come with a black eye. Don't laugh. You don't know their journey. You don't know what they've been through. Somebody's even coming with a smile. But behind the smile, there are tears. Don't, you know, make it worse. Let's not make it worse. Let's accommodate one another. Embrace one another. Love one another. Care for one another. Amen. And it will be well with us. Amen. 
Don't make your telephone, you know, um, um, an evil line. Where you sit after church, did you see him? Did you see her? No. Because God is watching you, as Pastor Tim said. God is watching us. And Bible says we shall be judged for every word that we speak. Let's speak peaceably to one another and love one another. In Jesus' name, amen. You've been listening to Apostle Mrs. Leanne Kofi, General Overseer of the Lord's Garden Ministries. We hope you've been blessed. Tune in next week at 6 a.m. for the power and glory of God to be released in your life. Our meeting places are Liberty Sanctuary, opposite Pogas Furniture, Trade Fair, Sundays from 8 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. Wednesday midweek teaching service, 6 p.m. to 7.30 p.m. Friday prophetic prayer service, 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Monday, 6 p.m. to 8 p.m., Hour of Prayer Fellowship venue is the M Plaza Hotel, Roman Ridge, Accra. Accra Prayer Place, Ashongman, Sundays 8.30 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. Akosombo Glory House Tabernacle, Sundays 8.30 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. Wednesday Fellowship, 9 a.m. to 12 noon. Friday Miracle Service. 6.30 p.m. to 8 p.m. Dunamis of the Lord's Garden Ministries. Sunday, 8.30 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. Venue is the Modern Day Secondary School. Akradi Fellowship. Akradi Community Center. Thursdays, 9 a.m. to 12 noon. For more information, please call 0244-156-165 or 244 949 731. Follow us on Facebook, The Lord's Garden Ministries. Join us for great worship services. You'll feel the presence of the Holy Spirit as we worship together, prayer, praise, and the Word of God. Come join the celebrated family. Come on, come on.